The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! Go, Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Ambar Garcia, Brian Broadus, Patrick Walker, and Derek Eagleton. It is Wednesday, February 14th, 2024, season 19, episode number 112. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break. It is a special Valentine's edition of The Break. Brian's not here today, but I've got plenty of love for you guys with Patrick Nosey Walker and Amber Garcia. And uh, and so today, we got a lot we're going to get into. We're going to talk about the defensive coordinator. The Cowboys just get their new defensive coordinator. We're going to talk about the defensive coordinator in Washington mm. uh, and the head coach there and talk about how we think that affect us and other NFC East movings uh, when you talk about some of the coaches that have been hired in Philadelphia as well. Um, and then we'll see. We will see if we will get to the conversation on Dak Prescott. I'm That's not sure we will. We'll see. I'm not That's sure not it will, but it's on the rundown. So if we get to it, we get to it. And if we don't, it, guess what? It'll roll right over to next week. Because it's not going to And if there's not more news not next out. week, then we'll hit it next week. All right. At some point, that pitch gets old, you know? Yeah, but Dak's not going anywhere. Right. No, that's the point. No, no, no. I know. I'm not. Yeah. I know. But the fact that Derek mentions it every yeah. week. That's because marketing, right? He knows what he's doing. Right, right man. Keep, I've been doing keep, this a while. Keep him, keep him on the hook. I've been doing this a while. <laughs> this is just slow reel. Slow All right. Let's jump in. Mike Zimmer, new yeah. defensive coordinator of the Dallas Cowboys. Press conference we, today. Press conference today at 2? 2, 2 p.m. Central, Central time. All right, yes. cool. And Amber will have a question, I'm sure. She'll have a few questions uh, from Mr. Zimmer. Uh, but ask him in Spanish? No, really test him out. Really test him right actually, out of the gate. That would actually be pretty interesting. Is like she just jumped right out the gate and yeah. just asked the question in Spanish, in Spanish and just sits back and mm-hmm. waits. Test and everybody in the room the would probably just be like, <laughs> "What would be even better is if he replied in Spanish." Now, that That's would like, be epic. Uh-huh. That, that would be, be epic. Uh-huh. That would be epic. All right. So we talked about this a little bit last week. Was this the right decision for the Cowboys? Uh, for me, yes. Uh, and, you know, when going back to last week when you asked us to rank the uh, the candidates that the Cowboys were interested in, I had Mike Zimmer right up there alongside Wink Martindale. Martindale obviously has now gone to uh, be the D.C. of the Michigan Wolverines. Um, congratulations to Wink Martindale. But I'm, I'm right here with Mike Zimmer. I had him ranked far above Rivera and that much farther above uh, Rex Ryan because of the lack of experience over the past seven or eight years with Ryan, uh, with Ryan being in the broadcast booth versus being on an NFL sideline. Uh, also love the fact that Zimmer versus Ryan. Ryan was more of an AFC coach. Zimmer comes in as an NFC coach, knows how to navigate it. I get your point, Derek. There's been some turnover, obviously, in the NFC, but the conference is still the conference, and he's you know familiar with it. Um, and I, I feel like he's going to come in. And I spoke last week also about the, the culture shock that's probably going to happen. I think it'll be a positive for this Cowboys locker room going from Dan Quinn, who's a player's coach. Obviously, we love Dan Quinn, but when you look at Zimmer, he's more of the that old school ball coach, tough nose, holding guys accountable. I think this is the right time and the right personality for this Cowboys defense. Did you say tough nose? Tough nose, hard nose. Oh, okay. Saying, you know, tough, hard, synonyms. I'm messing with you. <laughs> <laughs> I like messing with you. Was the writer here? 
Yeah, I know. That's why I'm, I'm messing with the writer. You know? Supposedly. Oh, oh, wow. Wait, hold on. Did you say because supposedly or supposedly? supposedly? Because that's going to be a fun. Right. <laughs> either way. Supposedly. No, it's not either way. There's no supposedly. And this is in reference okay. to the game we played weeks ago yeah, know, where you couldn't I know, I know think of a single shot. word. I know it was the shot. I just want to make sure you didn't say supposedly because then we got to, you know, okay. Hey, man, you got to come with it on this show. Yeah, facts. You will not let facts. it. Nothing will slide on this facts. show. Go. Yo, you guys attack me. I attack back. I love it's it. It's just called Go defense. Win. I play defense. What'd you say? F and this for? guy, Mike Zimmer, um, I think he was my top candidate. I think he brings the balance of the two things that I was looking for. Uh, one, having somebody from the outside, the outside experience, but also an insider experience because he, he spent so many years here with the Cowboys. Again, very, very different times. There's like not many people probably that are still working here from the time he was here. You know, the other, yeah, you, <laughs> old man. Yeah. Oh, kind of here. Pew, pew, pew. No, there, there's a lot of staff members still, yeah. but there's been a huge turnover. Not a lot. Yeah, it's not yeah, a lot. yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. And obviously, very, very different players, uh, different building back then. He was Valley Ranch. <laughs> very so, different. Yeah. yeah. So it's a whole new, different environment, but that he's not necessarily, um, a stranger to completely so that's good he brings the experience he brings that toughness that we talked about but also talking to different people around the building uh because initially my my first impression just from things that i've heard initially was that he was just like one of those mean guys but he has like a combination of both things where he's actually what i hear he's actually a pretty nice guy mm -hmm. but he will bring the toughness that is needed when it's needed. So it got, it has that balance as well there that I like. And yeah, just looking forward looking forward to what this is uh going to actually look like and translate to when he steps in here and starts coaching again. Yeah, he reminds me of I guess the best way to put it is, you know, what old school like my old high school coach was like. Like the kind of guy that you knew he cared about you, but he also could pull out the paddle. And uh, and make sure they don't know about doing, the they don't know. That's they don't what I'm know saying. About the like this is a different era. Y'all yeah. don't know about that Two kind of stuff. Thick. Yeah, like the, it thick. was the the principal when I was in school was the the person that basically regulated the school. Mm -hmm. the, and I'm sorry, not the principal, the the coach, yeah. football coach. If you play football, then your teachers, if you weren't doing what you're supposed to do in class, oh, yeah. they didn't go to the principal, they didn't go to counselors. They went to the coach and they said, hey, coach, this student isn't doing what they're supposed to do. And the coach would literally come and you would see him kind of peek in your class and be like, I need this student for a minute. Uh -huh. And then you're going to go see the <laughs> coach. Trouble. Yeah, you're going to go see the coach <laughs> and the coach is going to take care of that. And it might be paddling. It might be you're going to run, do some the extra coach work. coach to you? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. And, and guess paddling, what? And guess what? Back in those days, not only did Fish. coach paddle you. Then coach would call your mama, and, you and then you too. go home, and then mama would take care of you too, or daddy would take whatever it was going to be. Abuse everywhere. Hey, man. It was, yeah, just, it was, it was a, a different thing. world. My point is, thing. I'm not thinking he's going to be pulling out the paddle around here, <laughs> but my point is I, I, I would characterize Mike Zimmer as the kind of guy that is hard but fair. And I heard somebody say that was a quote that, that, um, that um, Parcells gave about him. Mm -hmm. he's, a, he's a hard coach, so he's going to coach you hard. Uh, but he's going to be fair, and I think the players will respect him, and I think the players will know that he has their best interests at heart. But he's not going to let things slide. He's going to hold them accountable to the things that he's asking them to do. He's going to explain it well. He's going to hold them accountable to doing those jobs really well. And I think that's something that this defense can use. And I think that that's 
what I'm hoping will help take care of those penalties. And we've talked mm. about it before where my issue there, and I know it's difficult because sometimes, okay, who else do you got that you're going to decide to sit someone out or whatever? But it's like, what does that look like during the week as well? What kind of discipline or something that you're trying to do to make a change? And it wasn't reflected throughout the season. So that's an aspect where someone like him, I'm hoping, would not let things like that slide all a full season. No, I, I can pretty much uh, attest to the fact that uh, just in speaking with some people who covered the beat in, in Minnesota, uh, who covered the beat continually in Minnesota in the Mike Zimmer era and some of the players that played under him, um, penalties, for example, going back to what I said as far as holding guys accountable, if you're not making those corrections on a weekly basis and you're consistently costing the team and the defensive unit um, drives that they should have gotten off the, the field on third down, but now they're still on the field, you're going to lose snaps under under Mike Zimmer. He's going to sit you down until you get the point. Uh, and that's, again, that's exactly what the Cowboys need because if you look at last season, you lead the league in penalties. They were one of the team, uh, one of the league leaders in penalties the season before. So again, love what Dan Quinn brought to the equation. But when you talk about Zimmer, you're talking about a coach who is, and I love the fact that you use the word respect. He is so well respected because his resume is stellar. He comes in with the Super Bowl ring. And by the way, there's a Cowboys star on that Super Bowl ring. He's coached Hall of Famers, Ring of Honor guys. So there's the respect that comes with the ability for him to come in and say, I don't really care how much you're getting paid. I don't really care what the name on your jersey is. If you continue with these self-inflicted wounds and these, you know, these penalties, neutral zone infractions and things like that, you're not going to be on my field. And there are big name guys um, who have played under Zimmer who can attest to that and say, you know what, until I got my act together, he would sit me. No, and I'm sitting here thinking, hey, I'm I'm you know the big dog in the locker room. Yeah, big dog versus uh, Mike Zimmer, Mike Zimmer wins that. And that's why, for the most part, you'll hear a lot of players that loved playing under him, but there's just as many players who also love playing under him who will look you in the face and say, hey, I remember a time he came to me and basically intimated, I don't care who you are, if you don't get this corrected, you're not going to be on this field. So when it comes to accountability plus respect, he gets both of those things. And I think, again, I'll say it again, Cowboys defense needs this right now. Let's take our first break. When we come back, I'm going to ask you guys the question, do you think that there can be issues and what do those issues look like in that type of coach coming in to coach current day players and how they look <laughs> at the world i talked about what it was like when i was in school that ain't what these kids yeah, are going yeah, through now it's yeah. a different world let's i want to talk about uh what you think that could look like here and, and if you think that could be an issue for the cowboys we'll do that when we come back dallascowboys.com radio todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable and now todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour but the good news is todd has at&t 5g that is fast reliable and secure and he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew at&t 5g fast reliable secure it's not complicated 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Cowboys fans, after that move, we've just coined the term Rowdy Replay. Let's roll back the tape. Okay, there's our mascot, Rowdy, cheering on the boys. And now he's on his phone, on his Bank of America mobile banking app? Staying on top of his finances with his virtual financial assistant, Erica. Bank of America's digital tools are so impressive. Cowboys fans just can't stop banking. Learn more at bankofamerica.com slash can't stop banking. Erica is only available in the English language. You must download the latest version of the mobile banking app, only available on select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome back into Dear Doctor, the show where I answer life's questions with an ice-cold can of Dr. Pepper. Sheila, let's hear from our next caller, would you? 
Dear doctor, my friend supported me during a tough time. But what's the right gift that says, thanks for being a shoulder to cry on? Okay, this one's easy. I say give her a delicious Dr. Pepper. Nothing says, thanks, girl. Better than a one-of-a-kind soda. Yes, any Dr. Pepper flavor will do. Now, just a reminder that I don't need to be a real doctor to know that Dr. Pepper is the one you deserve. They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find a location near you. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. to the break. Come on out to AT&T Stadium on February 24th for the Monster Energy AMA Supercross Championship Series. Watch the world's best two wheel racers converge for one night of nonstop action. Enjoy unprecedented access to the sport's biggest stars with an up-close view of their race bikes and team rigs at FanFest. Tickets are on sale now at Seat geek.com the official ticketing partner of at&t stadium welcome back second segment of the break live from the swbc mortgage studios at the start the segment brought to you by blockchain.com all right let's uh let's talk about this uh mike mike uh, let's talk about mike zimmer new defensive coordinator of the cowboys from the standpoint of we talked about how tough he'll be we talked about how he'll hold people accountable my question for you is is his style do you think his style can ha- can be a problem for the Cowboys, knowing that today's player is very different than the players he may have coached in the past? Certainly back when he was here with the Cowboys, the, the, the player of today, they go through a different world where there's a lot more thought for, you know, how they're feeling and, 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 and worried about their feelings a lot more than what it was when maybe he was coaching here before. Now, let's not act like when he was coaching in Minnesota, players were a lot different than they are. Right. So he's had right. some experience there. Right. But I think players every year get a little bit more different. You mm-hmm. know what I mean by that? And so uh, what do you think could be the challenges there? What do you think, Amber? Well, there are a lot of different layers and aspects to this. I would say one thing is I like the balance. And Derek, you brought this up, uh, I believe it was last week, where you talked about Mike McCarthy and, and the way, and we've seen it, the way that he's catered to the players and their mental health and just kind of uh, making sure that they're good internally. And I think Mike McCarthy, with the combination of him, could be a, a good balance where you just kind of everybody keeps each other kind of in check hey calm down or you you know but at the same time i do agree in today's society um feelings do get hurt a lot more we take things a lot differently now and players and people in general have a lot more pride and you're like no you're not gonna talk to me that way but at the same time when you're competing and playing and in this business and in this sport for you to have that kind of demeanor, too, and stand up for yourself in that way, your work has to back it up, too. You know, when you're and I'm saying when you're surrounded in front of other players, like 
there's a reason certain things were accepted from certain players throughout history just because their work was right. <laughs> spoke for themselves, right? Yeah. And you're like, okay, well, so I don't know. It's, it's just a very tough balance. I think it would be okay. My concern would be if the players end up not respecting him and lose respect, and then now people are venting on Twitter, and we know certain people like to... Maybe a podcast here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> people like to take things to Twitter and start commenting and airing things out, and then that causes drama. The media's feeding into it, and now you just have this whole division and, and drama in the uh, throughout the season. That's a huge problem. But given the stakes, given the scenarios, given... The way and the embarrassment that the season ended, I would be embarrassed too as a player to where you just keep your head down and do the work and do the grind. And there's no reason, like we're all in this together. We're fighting for the same goal. There's no reason for anybody to kind of be, be, (laughs) be. (laughs) 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 You know what I'm trying to say? So just do the work, do the work and... Um, hopefully everyone can just come together and not create any drama. So um, anyone who follows me knows I am a, a massive advocate for mental health. Um, and I and I will say that in conjunction with I'm a competitor myself and I've played, you know, all, all types of major sports. Um, so I understand there has to be the balance of respecting who you're talking to, especially these are adults. These are not college right, kids. These are not kids, right. right? These are not high school kids. These are adults who are being paid millions and millions of dollars. Um, but in saying that, that means that the adult who's being paid millions and millions of dollars also has to have the respect that this feedback is coming from a good place. And you have to be able to understand that because, like you said, Ambar, if you can have your feelings, which is completely, with, you're entitled to your feelings. Yeah. You're entitled to voice those feelings, 100%. But you also have to understand the context of where the feedback is coming. So if you're not playing up to par and you're getting this feedback, you need to be more receptive of why you're getting the feedback. It's because you're not playing up to par. So sometimes, you know, as much as we uh, need to make sure that we're walking the line and and respecting everyone's mental health, sometimes tough love is just needed. Sometimes you have to look someone in the face, be it, uh, you know, your mom, your dad, your cousin, your brother, your sister, and say, I love you to death, but you are really, really messing up here. Let's sit down and let's talk about what we can do to get better. And you also have to be receptive receptive of that so when it comes to Zimmer I think he'll have a good balance of that because like you said it's not that he's been out of the league since the 90s he recently coached the Minnesota Vikings so he's not too far removed from this brand um, of NFL player but going to the McCarthy uh, aspect as well I think it'll be a nice balance of good cop bad cop and and I kind of hesitate to put a good cop on McCarthy because that's an Irish guy from Pittsburgh he can get bad cop but I think Zimmer can get good cop as well I think they'll play very well uh, alongside each other. I think it's yin and yang, and on any given moment, it might be McCarthy tearing into somebody, and then Zimmer comes behind him and says, well, this is what Coach was trying to say, and vice versa. Sometimes it'll be Zimmer saying, what the blank are you doing out there? And then McCarthy will come behind him and say, this is what he's trying to say. I think those two guys, and especially with the accomplishments and the resume that they have, I think you have to respect as, a, as an NFL player, and especially as a Cowboys defensive player who is coming off of a performance that you came off of against the Green Bay Packers, you're not entirely in a position to say that you don't like the feedback. You need to take the feedback and then try to grow from it. So I think it'll work out well. Yeah, I think the interesting thing here is I think for any coach, I think the the real difference to me, and this is based on like the, and obviously I know football players are very different than creatives, Mm -hmm. but I manage creatives. And one of the things I've learned over time 
with how you deal with creative versus how we dealt with them back in the day is relationships matter. The more you spend time with people, the more you get to know them, the easier it is. And it's never going to be easy, but it easier it is to be able to give hard feedback. Mm -hmm. And unless you have the relationship, people don't hear you as much in today's world. The young folks, they don't listen as well to you if you don't have the relationship and you're just always coming down on them. And I think that's the key here. Like, I don't think... I don't think Zimmer's the kind of guy that's just going to be demeaning players to demean players. I think it's about accountability. And so if the player knows, coach just told me yesterday I needed to do X, Y, and Z. And in a day in practice, I'm not doing X, Y, and Z. And he just went off. I think they can accept the fact that this is accountability at work. Like this is a situation where I'm not doing exactly what he told me he needed me to do. And I'm getting the wrath of that right now. Right. So I, I think as long as it's as long as it's built around true accountability and not just demeaning to be to be demeaning. And again, I do think relationships matter. I think his ability to be able to get to know his players and develop that relationship to where they do respect him in a way they respect him as a man first before first a coach. Foremost, right? right. I think when that happens, I think that's a, a, a way that he will probably deal better. And I think all coaches, anybody that's in a leadership position has to deal with younger people because, as you said, you know, now parents ask their kids how you they grow up in an environment where the parents ask them. So tell me how you're feeling. Right. Right? A lot of kids in my generation didn't get that. It was like, do what I said. And that's it. Like, I don't care how you feel. about it. So it just changed. The world has changed. And so you have to be aware of that. And I think you have to approach people in that way. There is a fine line. And this is just something that popped into my head right now that I find an interesting concept. For example, Dan Quinn, he's, and I love Dan Quinn. He's a player's coach. Yeah. He's yes, he super, like, down there to their level, goes down and, and is next to them doing things, going through drills or things like that. We know that. But maybe a different guy, like Zimmer, brings a different aspect to, let me try to illustrate this for as an example. And I'm sh- I would assume this has happened to a lot of other people too. But for example, me, I love kids. I will be with every single kid that I see and I'll be playing and I'm, I like lower myself to their levels and we become buddies. And there are times that they cross the line. I'm like, whoa, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> We're not friends. We're, we're not. <laughs> right. We're not on the same yeah, level. Hold on, back up yeah. a second, little kid. Yeah, we're not your friend. Yeah. Exactly. Or by or another scenario. There was one time I had a trainer that he was too friendly with me. We became buddy, and like I didn't. I'm like, no, I'm done with the reps. Like I did. I took yeah. it more as like, okay, we're too buddy. But you need someone that has that kind of toughness sometimes. Mm-hmm. So what I'm trying to say is interesting to think about the balance between those relationships because although you do want someone that can connect to you and and be that guy and that closeness you do need that kind of mm, like right. straight I think the, the or, best way to illustrate it what popped in my head is it's the stern dad versus the fun uncle yeah right? and it feels like Dan Quinn as much as we love him it was more the fun uncle it's 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 the one that when you're you know you're a kid and mm. the fun uncle comes over and you you have so much respect for him cuz he's your uncle right but it's more of the fun personable conversation rules kind of go out of the window right. with it's, fun uncle it's like that. oh unc yeah. is here yeah. right but you also know that at a certain point unc's going to check you but there's a lot more leeway as far as yeah. the the, the fun is concerned. And that's why Dan Quinn is such a player's coach. Whereas Zimmer, it's the stern dad. Not to say that stern necessarily means bad, but stern in that 
I'm going to give you these instructions. I need you to follow these instructions. Mm-hmm. And if you don't follow these instructions, we need to have a conversation about why these instructions weren't followed. And, and it's more so that aspect. So I really think the, the fun uncle has left the building. The stern dad is coming in. And that's what this locker room kind of needs to get used to. The one thing I do want to clarify, though, is I don't necessarily want to characterize Dan Quinn as someone that didn't hold players. Yeah, that's why we oh, keep no, saying. That's no. why I keep I, saying. I, I think I, we yeah, need to make that yeah, clear 100%. because I think I think you can easily. We saw his work easily, here yeah, too. I think people he, can easily yeah. put his it into either you are or you aren't. Yeah, like no, I think no. it's, it's not, just a different way a that he area, did right. it. I think Zimmer's way is, as you said, a lot a lot more stern, right. or at least what I've seen, right? And, and what players who have played for him have told me, like he's just a much more to the point, very direct, very stern. Here's what I need you to do, and then holding players accountable to that and, and may not have a lot of more of the of the touchy-feely kind of stuff in, in his repertoire. Yeah, old exactly. school. And so, then I mean, Quinn, he's, he's older too, but he is more in with the new type of stuff. Well, think about it. So from the fun, if we keep with the fun, the fun uncle analogy, right? So let's say it's the fun uncle that you respect and that uncle comes in and you haven't made your bed and he hears, you know, uh, uh, the parent kind of yelling at you to go make your bed and you haven't and he kind of pulls you to the side and says, hey, Derek, come on now. Yeah. You know you're supposed it's to go different. make that bed. Yeah. Go ahead, go ahead yeah. and knock that out. Out, man. Make, 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 bed, right, make, make it easy on yourself. Go ahead and knock that out so we can go yeah. outside and play. Right. Whereas Mike Zimmer, he would come in as the stern dad and be, why is this bed not made? So it's it's just those two different mm-hmm. types of dynamics. Both held you accountable, but in two different ways. And the interesting part about that is some kids respond well to the stern dad. And some kids some respond, respond well, well to, to the, fun, the uncle. fun uncle. And some don't respond to the dad. Correct. Some don't respond to the fun uncle. That's the key. When you're coaching or leading you got to figure out what works for every person and you got to give them what actually motivates them. Right. So it, my hope is that for whether it's it's Mike Zimmer or whether it's uh, McCarthy, they are tailoring their style of leadership to each and every player that they have to deal with because every player is going to mm-hmm. respond differently. And all you're trying to do at the end of the day is get the best out of the player. So you better figure it out. You better right. figure out what really motivates them. Some people, right. they will cower when you go at them hard. Yeah. Other people take that as a challenge, and they're like, okay, let's go, right? So it's like you got to figure out what it is that that really motivates the players and then give them what really motivates them. I mean, like you said, that's that's a huge part of coaching at every level, whether it be Pop Warner, high school, college, you know, D1, D2, or if you're at the NFL. If you're coaching, uh, you know, groups of individuals, you need to understand it's it's not indifferent from teaching. If you're a teacher, you have to teach to each individual's personality, but you also have to have this overarching message that basically— is in line with every single person you approach because otherwise you run the danger of, okay, well, I was more stern with Derek than Ambar, but then Derek comes to me and says, why do you always come at me like this, but you don't go with Ambar? So th- that's the respect aspect of it. And so that just goes to coaching. Either you're really good at that as a coach, and if you are, then you're at this level, and if you're not, then you shouldn't be at this level. But Zimmer has proven time and again that he's able to coach the old school way by way of the 90s with the Cowboys and the personalities on his defense that he uh, huh, <laughs> yeah, he had right? some big personalities, he had some personalities yeah. um, but he's also shown that he can coach the new age uh, NFL player by way of the Minnesota Vikings so I think you know he comes in with enough um, breadth of experience in that to, to make sure that he, he marries quickly to this this locker room that's funny think about the difference between a Charles Haley and a, and a Michael Parsons right from a personality standpoint very very different people yeah. but that's, that's social the point. media back yeah then? no he, right Jeez, I'm glad they didn't have social media back then. That would have been a tough situation. All right, we're going to take our final break. We'll come back. We're going to talk about the uh, Washington Commanders. We'll talk about the Philadelphia Eagles, their moves uh, in coaching, and how those moves 
picking up some players, some coaches that have been here and some coaches that have coached well against this team, what that means for the rest of the NFC East. We'll talk about that when we come back. DallasCowboys.com radio. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Don't put off getting your oil change, Dallas. Take 5 Oil Change. A proud partner of the Cowboys is faster than you think. There's no appointment needed and no waiting room. Yep, you heard that correctly. Take 5 is so fast, you don't even have to get out of your car. You can take advantage of Take 5's fast, friendly, and simple service at any of their locations across the Dallas area. And remember, at Take 5, you stay in your car because they're faster than you think. Take 5, the official oil change of the Dallas Cowboys. It's the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black. And right now, Cowboys fans can get 15% off their $75 order. Plus, because every deal needs a playmaker, your order will include a free five-piece skincare set and free shipping. The Jack Black Playmaker is four of Jack's favorites and a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Make a play for the playmaker at getjackblack.com slash cowboys with the code Cowboys VIP. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys with the code cowboys VIP. They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find a location near you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back to the break. Dallas Cowboys Game Time, powered by Lenovo, the official gaming platform and community of the Dallas Cowboys. Sign up now to compete in Fortnite for a chance to win a VIP experience at the 2024 Dallas Cowboys Draft Party. Qualifiers begin on February 24th and run through the 28th. Learn more and register at DallasCowboysGameTime.com. Welcome back. It is the final segment of the break. We are live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We're talking about coaches and uh, I want to extend the conversation we've talked about the Cowboys new defensive coordinator Mike Zimmer I want to extend that conversation now to talk about some other uh, coaching hires around the NFC East and how we think these hires may affect the Cowboys let's start first in Washington Uh, obviously they hired Dan Quinn as their head coach but they also pick up Joe Witt Jr. uh, who was here last year uh, as their defensive coordinator how much do you think that move or those moves affect the Cowboys with now their defensive coordinator being the head coach there and one of their 
uh, defensive um, coaches, assistant coaches, now being their defensive coordinator. Well, we already know that the uh, the battles between the commanders and the Cowboys are always heightened because there's so much familiarity. And, I mean, a lot of times they either go down to the wire or they're just wildly unpredictable. Either the Cowboys are blowing them out or they're blowing the Cowboys out and whatever the case may be. Now you throw into the mix a guy like Dan Quinn who knows your offense inside out. Joe Witt knows your offense inside out. And both of those guys also know both the strengths and the opportunities for improvement of all of your defensive guys, including your star guys like Micah and whatnot. So, of course, when you look at Dan Quinn, he's going to be, you know, feeding uh, his offense all kind of intel on, mm-hmm. well, this is how you attack Micah Parsons. This is how you try to attack Demarcus Lawrence. This is how you target Deron Bland, things like that. So I, I think that for the commanders, it's a huge, huge level up um, because they, they basically poached one of the, the biggest guys from the Cowboys, and then that guy poached one of the other biggest guys from the Cowboys on the defensive side of the ball. So uh, thank goodness the Cowboys blocked the interview for Al Harris. Otherwise, we'd have that to contend with as well. But, you know, if you if you don't think – knock on wood. If you don't think <laughs> – right. Uh, but I will say to everyone listening, and I tweeted this as well, I saw Al Harris um, doing some work today. So Zimmer's in the building, and Al, Al Harris is not only still here, but he's working. So that's a good sign. Keep your fingers crossed. But I, I think it'd be disingenuous to pretend that, you know, the commander's poaching Dan Quinn is not going to have any impact. It's fun as a fan to say, oh, well, it doesn't matter. As an analyst, it 100% matters. Like, the, these contests are going to be that much more intense going forward. Yeah, for sure. And, I mean, they already have been. Even though the the commanders haven't been doing very well, it's still, like you mentioned, every time they face each other, it's still a competitive game, and you never know exactly what to expect. And I agree. Dan Quinn, I mean, he has a lot of insider information, secret agent. He knows everything. (laughs) He knows everybody's strength and weaknesses um, over here. So that's going to be interesting. But... At least I feel like outside those games, those two games against the Cowboys, overall, I think it's gonna, it's it's a year of re- like rebuilding mm-hmm. for the Commanders. So I don't expect them overall to be extremely successful. I say this, Unless and you never know what QB. happens. Yeah, yeah. They get that QB. You yeah. never That's know. What, yeah. They got to get a QB. You never know what can happen. It can definitely happen. You can. There can be a lot of surprises. But as of right now, I just see it as a rebuild year for them. Just piecing finding all the pieces piecing it together and and building for the future so in general not concerned but with the Cowboys definitely those two matches are something to watch and I'll also add this just kind of on the other side of the coin that I mentioned yeah there's there's Quinn and Witt and they know the Cowboys offense but that means McCarthy and Schottenheimer they know Dan Quinn and Joe Witt's defense and what their tendencies are what they like to run Um, so that that pendulum swings both ways so while it will work against the Cowboys and you know in favor of the commanders with Quinn and Witt knowing uh, what the tendencies are also means that McCarthy knows what Dan Quinn is likely to call in any given situation and how to attack his defense. Yeah, quite frankly, I think it it probably, if you want to use the word compromise, I think that's a bit of a strong word, but if you want to use that word, it compromises the Cowboys' offense far more than the defense, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. I know you mentioned earlier he knows their defensive players, but I do think scheme matters, and I think they'll probably be doing a lot of things Mm -hmm. differently defensively that may accentuate some positives and and affect some of the things that Dan Quinn or Joe Wood could say, well, this is how you get to Ron Bland. I would think the defensive coordinator at this point would look at it and say, okay, I know these are some challenges of, of this player. How does my scheme put them in a better position? Right. So I think actually if you want to say one of them may be compromised more, it may be, you know, well, what we know is this is what they do on their offense. Yeah. Here's how you can affect Dak Prescott. Mm-hmm. 
Here's how you can affect their right tackle. Here's, you know what I'm saying? Because they've been, you know, self-scouting. They have that kind of information, and that's where I think it's going to be a little bit harder. It'll be harder on the Dallas offense, I think, than the Dallas defense because the Dallas defense will probably change so much with a new coordinator. But also going to Ambar's point, um, and you make a fair point as far as it it compromising the Cowboys' offense, but it is a rebuild for the commanders and their defensive line. Um, I mean, you have the, the two big boys up front on the interior and Payne and Allen, yeah, they got no but, pass rush, but you don't have any, any edge rushers, right? Yeah. Uh, your secondary is more or less in shambles. Your linebacker core is quite eh, right? So, uh, it, as as much as Dan Quinn has the person, not the personnel, but has the scheme to kind of compromise the Cowboys' offense, the Cowboys' offense has the firepower to compromise a being you know, basically a revamped personnel on the commander side of the ball defensively. Mm-hmm. So uh, ultimately, it might all just be a wash, and it might just come down to execution: who has the better players? And right now, it's the Cowboys. And uh, can McCarthy not be out schemed by Dan Quinn? Um, so I mean, for us looking at it it's probably just going to feel like a training camp battle, right? It's Dan Quinn's play calling versus Mike McCarthy's play calling, and we saw that all July and August. Mm-hmm. So Let's uh, flip to the Philadelphia Eagles. They have two new coordinators that both are interesting from the standpoint of the Cowboys. Their offense, new offensive coordinator, Kellen Moore, obviously was here with the Cowboys for years as the offensive coordinator here. Uh, Vic Fangio <clears throat> is their new defensive coordinator, a guy that is, I think, I think some of the, the talk around Fangio has been a little bit overblown. Uh, I do think, obviously, when he was in Denver, that game the Cowboys played against the the, the, the Broncos, he certainly had the better of, of the Cowboys' offense. I don't think I agree with that last year against Miami. I think I don't think that the Miami defense necessarily shut down the Cowboys' mm-hmm. offense. I thought it was a close game. I thought yeah. both teams had a little success and had some issues where you know it didn't yeah. quite work out. But I don't think it was a domination where I would, I would think that's a, yeah I wouldn't think that was a domination. But that all being said. Looking at those two guys, which of those you think could be most problematic for the Cowboys? Kellen Moore as the offensive coordinator or Vic Fangio as the defensive coordinator? Uh, mm-hmm. That's a good question. I, it would be easy to say Kellen Moore because, you know, familiarity, right? Um, but what Kellen Moore is not familiar with is Mike Zimmer. So advantage Cowboys there because it's not Kellen Moore going against Dan Quinn. And even when it was Kellen Moore going against Dan Quinn in Los Angeles, Dan Quinn and the Cowboys came out with the W. Um, so, but like I said, he doesn't, he being Kellen Moore, he doesn't know Mike Zimmer's scheme and what he's going to call. So uh, I'm going to look at Vic Fangio in this aspect because Fangio has had some consistent success in kind of bottling up Dak Prescott and what Dak likes to do. So I think that while, like you said, it wasn't, you know, Fangio with the Dolphins, it wasn't this, uh, it wasn't Steve Spagnuolo down there, type performance type thing. But he's one of the better and more respective defensive minds in the league, going to your divisional, one of your better divisional rivals. Um, so I think it's going to be a bigger challenge for Dak to get over the Fangio quote unquote hump, if that's how you want to label it, than it would be for Mike Zimmer to scheme or out scheme Kellen Moore, who at times struggled in Los Angeles as well. Because keep in mind, if Kellen Moore was so electric in Los Angeles, he'd still be in Los Angeles. Angeles as opposed to one and done. So I'm going to look at Vangio versus Dak Prescott. And I think um, this is one of the few defensive coordinators that Dak Prescott consistently kind of struggles to to be explosive against. So if you can figure that out, then uh, the Eagles will be less of a problem. But they're going to be a problem. Yeah, to me, they're kind of equal in a little bit uh, with, regarding your question. But Vangio, he's like... 
I'm more impressed with what the Dolphins were able to do at mm-hmm. the end of the day, the season they had. So I got to take and that they had kind major of experience. As well, yeah. yeah. So they lost a lot of their pass rushes. Yeah. yeah. So I'm, I'm taking just that experience, his most recent experience, and and the level of success that he had, to that being a little bit higher than what Kellen Moore brings to the table right now. Yeah. I, the interesting part for me is I actually think. Fangio had that defense playing really well. I think they'll correct some of their personnel issues in the secondary. But the fact that he has that pass rush, and he has some horses up front, and I think the thing that Fangio does really well is he knows how to get pressure. And I think because he had now, there's some, I know, I I thought you were about to go there with the, there is a possibility that somebody (laughs) might be a little disgruntled Mm -hmm. and might not be back. But that all being said, let's assume they have all the personnel that they have right now. If they have the personnel they have right now, that defense will be scary. They will have a pass rush, and it will be difficult. The more interesting part is the offense for me because people can can try to, you know, I think a lot of Cowboys fans look at Kellen Moore in a way that he shouldn't be viewed. I think they look at him as lesser than what he was. He had some really good offenses here with Dallas. He, he caused some really number good offenses. And they, I mean, they were talking like, number ones. I mean, being, yeah, they were up at the yeah. top of the league in offense. And and don't get me wrong, yes, they had challenges against some opponents. They'd have some challenges sometimes in the playoffs. All those things are true. Got it. But by and large, he called an offense that was consistently really good. And that, and probably uh, among, and not probably, among the best in the league. So when you look at it from that standpoint and you look at where the Eagles were last year, especially at the end of the season on their offense where they feel, they, it felt like they were really stifled, I think that's where I'm more interested in how does he turn that around? Does he get them into a – does he get Jalen Hurts to play – uh, a certain brand of football that makes him as good as Dak Prescott. There was a time, not last year, but year before last, when a lot of people were saying Jalen Hurts was one of the better quarterbacks in the league. And and last year, things fell off. It wasn't the same. They weren't able to do all the things they did before. I'm interested to see if Kellen Moore can get that out of that offense because they got talent on the offense. They got a great offensive line. They got great skill position players. So they got talent. I want to see how he puts mm-hmm. that together. So that's going to be the interesting one. But in, but to that point, um, this is also why I, I view Fangio as the bigger threat of the two. Um, because the first, when I heard the news that Kellen Moore was going to join the Eagles as offensive coordinator, the first thing that popped in my head was how does he fit with what Jalen Hurts does well, right? J- this is a run first offense in Philadelphia. They do so much damage on the ground, be it with Jalen Hurts' legs, DeAndre Swift, those guys in the backfield. But one of the reasons that Kellen Moore was on the outs here in Dallas on the back end of his career here is because he wanted to pass the ball. He even he stood at the podium one day and admitted it. He said, if it were up to me, I'd just pass, 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 pass 60 times a game. But And he said, and I quote, but I've had to learn to kind of scale back. Okay, which Kellen Moore is showing up in Philadelphia? Is it the one that sees Devontae Smith and sees A.J. Brown and sees Dallas Goddard and say, well, I have these weapons. I just want to throw, 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 throw. Well, Jalen Hurts showed last year that while he can drop back and throw, he if you force him to throw 45, 50 times, you'll probably win that game. So I wonder how Kellen Moore is going to, to your point, how is he going to ask Jalen Hurts to play the game of football going forward? Is he going to say, I'm going to make you a 40-time drop, a 40 time drop backer? If that's the case, the Cowboys have to be thrilled with that because that's what you want to see, especially with Trevon Diggs returning. You got Deron Bland. If you can get Stephon Gilmore, your secondary is good against that. But if they're not willing to run the ball and at least create some semblance of balance, then you have a better chance of your pass rush being successful because your pass rush is going to be asked to go at the quarterback more often than to stop the run. So let me ask you this question. Who's better, DeAndre Swift or A.J. Brown? Well, A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown. So (laughs) the only point I'm going to make here is that's great to say unless 
he gets to Philadelphia and has a way of developing Jalen Hurts into mm-hmm. being a guy that can throw the ball 40 times a game. Well, because he's got the wide receivers and the tight end that if he can get it going, he would be deadly. Mm-hmm. Like, that would be a deadly offense if they get that passing game going consistently enough, right? So okay. so don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that Jalen may, may or may not be there right. yet. What I'm saying is Kellen Moore was able to do with, by the way, when Dak Prescott got to the NFL, most people didn't call him a drop-back passer. No, not at all. Right? Yeah. Somehow he developed into a drop-back passer and now Kittner. can light you up, right? Kittner. That's why he but, developed but, into a drop-back Great, great. But my point is, it doesn't mean you can't do it. It doesn't yeah. mean that if you come in and you are this, it doesn't mean that within a yeah. year's time, two years' time, whatever, you yeah, can't fair. develop into something else. That's fair. I think that that's where I look at it, and that's my point. I think that's the more interesting hire to me is I want to see – if, if Kellen can get that passing game going in a way where they can really take advantage of those skill position players, because I don't think there aren't many teams in the league that have better skill position players. There are teams that have better a better quarterback. I don't know that there are many that have better skill position players. So when you start looking at it from that standpoint, he's got something to work with. Yeah. If they can develop the things they want to develop in, in Hurts, this can get really, really, really interesting out there. In That's true. It just feels like the the if, the question of if, is bigger on the Kellen Moore side of the ball than fair. the big Fangio side That's of fair. the ball. That's yeah. fair. All right. We appreciate you guys joining us. We're back next week. And uh, we'll get into some, maybe some tag talk. I don't know. We'll, we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. And uh, we'll just we'll play it by ear. There'll be maybe news. There'll be sure. something we got to talk about. We're only a couple weeks from free agency starting. So there's a lot that we still got to get into uh, as we get ready for free agency. Indeed. And hopefully, hopefully this year there'll be a little bit of that all-in juice on uh, on free, and free agency. Must be nice to be on a parade. Oh, stop it. All right, we appreciate you guys joining us. We'll be back next Here week with Patrick Zimmer. Walker and Amber Garcia. I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?